Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to Forefront 360, where we have conversations at the intersection of the arts and Christian faith. Today, we bring you a special discussion we've been dying to have on this podcast for years now, one about the global seven-year-old phenomenon, Netflix and the Duffer Brothers' Stranger Things. It is July 6th at the time of this recording, and we are just a few days out from the release of The End, the second volume of Stranger Things 4. It is fresh in our minds. I'm Rich Chrisman, chairman of Forefront Festival. I have Cody Schweikert here with me. What's up? We're ready to dive into this. And I also have two folks here with us as well that I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show. Our friends, Heather Morgino. Hello. And Dan Becker. Hello, hello. How are you guys today? Good. Well, let's get the applause button for these people here. Oh, let's right. see if I can get it right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there it is. I'm sorry. Why'd you call it the applause button? I mean, just the audience is yeah, that's, just clapping. That's not that's a button. True. That's not artificial. Oh, it, you mean the one that turns the sign on that says applause so everyone yeah. starts laughing? Oh, yeah, got it. if you didn't realize there are There's a lot of people in the studio. Hundreds, hundreds yeah. of thousands of people watch this yeah, live Yeah, we rented recording. out SNL for this one. So, <laughs> sorry, if Lauren, you wanna, Lauren, yeah, you got to step out. Sorry. If you want to know how strong Forefront is, realize this fact. More people are watching this live recording than watched Stranger Things this season. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, yeah, the audience really liked that one. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, Heather, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, great. Excited to be uh, back on the podcast with you. This is my second episode with you. Yes, my second episode ever. So there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Dan, your second episode? My second Question as well. Mark? Okay, yeah. great, great. Yep. Dan and did the switch foot, right? Yeah. So, did. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I am close personal friends with John Foreman now because of that. Wow! Yes. Just the influence of forefront. You're Again, welcome. The power yeah. of forefront. Wow. Right. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing how the audience yeah. just all cut off at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah. Man, they're on cue. Yeah, Nate is a really good mix master there. Yeah. But um, Stranger Things, guys. Yeah, Stranger so, Things. So Nate and I, and and probably some other people in the orbit there, have have tossed around the idea of having a Stranger Things episode. Probably since season two, I would guess. Um, yeah, which is, what, like six, five or six years ago now. It's um, crazy. It's been that long. Yeah, because season one came out in summer 2015. These kids grow up wow, fast. Wow, really? Yeah. They grow mm-hmm. up so fast, yeah. these kids. Yeah, wow. they do. And it was kind of perfect for me in particular because I had, well, Dan, you as well. I had just yeah. graduated Grove City, um, summer 14, so I guess it was, it was yep. a little after that. But I was um, uh, I was, I was living at my parents' house. Same. And, uh, and I didn't really, like, engage much with with co-television watching with my family and the first thing that kind of like brought us back together was stranger things your parents liked it yeah oh yeah my Mm -hmm. mom loves 80s nostalgia stuff like my mom's like favorite movies are um you know star wars uh et like that kind of Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and uh have you guys ever seen that jj amos movie super eight oh yeah oh yeah that's like amazing very much stranger things et stranger yeah yeah. i i wouldn't be surprised if i mean i don't know this to be true, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Duffer Brothers were inspired by that in any way. Yeah, I actually did not. I was not into Stranger Things for the first 10 minutes because I was like, this is a Super 8 ripoff. And then I kept watching and I was like, no. This yeah. is of amazing. just this season uh, or the show in general? No, the the first, I specifically remember the first episode. Isn't the opening like scene of the first town. episode? Dude, it's so similar. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. this is, why are people freaking out about Isn't this? Isn't the opening scene though, like the Demogorgon like breaking out in the lab and like killing scientists? I remember I it's in remember. Hawkins and oh, it's, okay, in this, yeah, yeah. it's in this laboratory. And I don't know yeah, if yeah. we see the monster, but it's yeah, very yeah. much super yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, but you watch this with your family. You yeah, saying. yeah, no, yeah. Long story short, just a, a big uh, 
you know, um, uh, re rebonding moment for my mm-hmm. family. So I've, I've really enjoyed stranger things for reasons outside of the show itself for years now. But, um, what it, have you guys been fans since the beginning? Yeah. I, you know, it caught me off guard when you said that this came out in 2015, cause it seems like so long ago. And now I'm trying to think of when I started watching it. Mm-hmm. Let me um, just check myself on that. I believe this. <clears throat> and I'm, and I'm not sure when I started watching it, but yeah, it's been one of the few shows that I have Ooh. basically been hooked on since the beginning. Just 16? just for clarity, I was wrong on that. It came out July 15th, 2016. 2016. So I'm off by a year. Okay. But yeah, still though. Yeah, still. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, a few shows that every single season so far I've been like, mm-hmm. it it hit the money. This this season is the first one where I've been like, meh. But oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited to get oh, into man. that. We're gonna get into <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's How about sure. you, Heather? Oh, I have similar experience to you because actually my daughter and granddaughter, the whole family was living with us and we watched it as a family and it had been so long since yeah. we did anything like that. Mm. It was wow. awesome. Nice. And we all loved it and we would get our snacks and oh, look wow. at that. Look at that. <laughs> Stranger, Stranger things, things bringing night. people together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. Dude, yeah. I think I'm usually late to the game with this stuff, but I had enough sense to start watching it. Like I, I definitely watched the first season before the second one came out. So it's not like I just binged a bunch of it and was super late to the game. I have, and I'm notorious for like not starting shows even if I know they're good because I just, it feels like a big commitment. But yeah. this one, I'm glad that I've invested so much time. I've, I've been a fan from the start. Let's talk about this. I'd love to hear from all of you guys. Um, maybe we'll start with Heather and go around the circle, right? Okay. Stranger Things is, and one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about it on this podcast is because we have discussed a lot of different series that have stood the test of time. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Chronicles of Narnia, things like this. And Stranger Things appears to be one of these properties that is, one, pretty universally enjoyed by, like, all sorts of people, um, which is rare. And so far, it seems to be really standing the test of time. Like, people are still really into it. You know, however many years since it began. And a lot of shows that I want to get behind that I'm really excited about don't last that long. Um, So give me your thoughts on Stranger Things. And why do you think, uh, if you can put a finger on it, why do you think this show is so successful? I think it's surprising that it's so successful because so many people are not into Mm sci-fi. I think my guess is like, all the 80s references mm. makes it fun. It's like a fun blend of playful with darker side of things. Yeah. So it's like that perfect, ba- well, especially the beginning ones were sure. that perfect balance. I think this last one was a little bit darker, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I think all of that made it like fun to watch for a lot of different people, even people who don't enjoy sci-fi or fantasy because of all those references and those kids. How can you not love those kids? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're so likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my guess about why it's so, it's beautifully done. Cool. It looked like season one legitimately looked like an 80s movie. Yeah. It looked yeah. like it was created in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. loved that. Yeah. yeah, it did. It's, uh, for me, it's a combination of things. I think right now as a society, we still really like, quote unquote retro or quote unquote yeah. vintage, right? right? That's yeah. still like in. still a thing. Yeah. Um 
So it's hitting multiple target audiences, right? It's hitting the individuals who lived through the eighties and they're like, Oh, you know, and it's hitting all the people who are like, I want to bring wind jackets back. Yeah. So (laughs) it's like, it's, it's hitting the mark on all those. I also think that there's a, there's a big uh, niche of people who love Stephen King novels, yes. right? And just kind of that genre of horror literature. And I think that this has been, I, I'm hesitant to say the first, but probably one of the best um, TV adaptations of a horror story, right? It's not yeah. just a one-off movie. It's not even a trilogy of movies. Like actually having a whole series, it feels like I'm reading a series of Stephen King novels. Yes. Um, which I think is really cool. I'm a big Stephen King fan, and I wasn't even planning on talking about that in any way, and I'm really excited that you brought that up because yeah. like, I definitely feel like a lot of inspiration. I mean, even down to the fact that Stephen King books uh, use the same typeface yeah. as the Stranger yeah, yeah, Things yeah, yeah. logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, super cool. I, I love what you said, Dan, about how it's just hitting a wide demographic. Like, how can we make a show that a lot of people will like? Well, how about we just hit, like, two huge pools of the population, people that consume, like, Netflix content. Let's right. hit the people that, like, live through the 80s, and this is going to be, like, a blast from the past for them. They've got this personal connection. And nostalgia is currency at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, for sure. So you hit that, and then you hit, like... It, it, when I was in high school, everyone like idolized icons from the sixties. Like, I, I don't know why, but I think that, I don't know if this is a legit theory or not, but it seems like, you know, in the, in, I think 10 or 20 years, the two thousands, like that's going to be a really like rich nostalgic oh, it's place. Coming already. Oh, yeah. Like in the nineties, <laughs> the, the teenagers are obsessed with Y2K now. Yeah. And I want the nineties to become, I think that's on the forefront. Like you had a little bit of Captain Marvel, like nineties nostalgia with yeah. a little, Nirvana playing and the blockbuster, like if you remember that movie. Uh, so I don't just think about that the Batman. The, well, don't get me started on <laughs> yeah, something yeah. in the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't even. Well, it's a travesty. We didn't do a podcast on that that movie. But no, what I'm saying is, I think that uh, after a certain amount of time passes, whatever it is, twenty, thirty years, uh, something becomes super nostalgic. And the '80s is kind of in its prime right now, as far as nostalgia. Uh, and I think we're about to move on to the 90s in a way. But. Well, it's it's interesting, too, that you say that because a lot of, like, I think of Back to the Future as a perfect example of this, right? Back to the Future did, in 1985, what Stranger Things did in 2016 because it gave us the 50s, mm, right. which was, in 1985, oh. the 50s was what the 80s is to us now. Okay, yes. and this yes. is a, this is the point I want to bring up. That's because uncomfortable. I, I was literally <laughs> yeah. just... A, yeah, right? I was literally just about to bring up Back to the Future because that movie is... It's, it's a classic movie, but it's actually not timeless in the same way that something like Stand because By Me is so timeless. Because it's rooted in time. Well, mm. because it's... <laughs> Because it's uh, the fifties are this nostalgic, like it's a cemented era, right? And so um, the understanding of it is captured perfectly on film. But the eighties, that was like supposed to be all current. The the movie worked because in the moment it still works because it's just a classic movie. Uh, but now now it's weird to watch it because you have the nostalgia of the fifties and the nostalgia yeah. of the eighties, and that's mm-hmm. not how it was originally created to come off. It's right. still it's cooler in different ways, maybe. But my point is, 
Uh, Stand by Me is a Stephen King adaptation. Have you guys seen this movie about the the four boys that go to find the dead body? Um, it came out in the eighties. Yeah, uh, Rich, we watched it. I made you yeah. watch it, didn't I? Rich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't. It's, it's not like I was against watching. Oh, I feel like I did watch. It no, I think you. we watched like yeah. two movies one night, and I no, was like, I was like, bro, how about one more? Stick around. Yeah, but then when you said it was Stephen <laughs> King, I was there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that movie is brilliant it. and timeless because it was made in the eighties, but it takes place purely in the fifties, mm. and it's just that movie's always going to look good and sound good, and the references are going to be not dated because it's in this time capsule. And that's why I think Stranger well, Things... It's a period piece at that point. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think I think Stranger Things, I think people might be into this for like 40 years from now. Yeah. I don't know if the, if yeah. the like special I, effects hold up. I don't know. Yeah, I, I sort of... Which is kind of how I started the question. Like, I mean, we'll see how it pans out, of course, but it feels like Stranger Things is going to be one of those things that, like kids watch right yeah. you know yeah. like like yeah. sort of thing um let me just throw this back to you guys real quick and this is on top of this question uh and i know we have to move on but if the nostalgia piece which is so powerful if that weren't there would people still like the show like what else about the show works so well because i think there's other stuff i mean we we can talk about this a little more in the, in the next kind of segment but i i think the writing is there i think the nostalgia 100 yeah. yeah. i think let's make a a race car analogy i think the the writing is the gasoline that moves the car right mm-hmm. but i think the nostalgia is like the nos that's like <laughs> really shooting the car right yeah, yeah. but i think i think that like the show still runs on its writing very compelling characters really good casting which is important yeah, yeah. but i think the yeah. nostalgia just gives it that extra shiny juice. shiny yeah. gloss mm-hmm. yeah. yeah solid sure. themes too yeah the themes that everybody can relate to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah, and I wanted to say back to that. I remember living through the '80s and being like, "We're copying everybody else. Like oh we don't even gosh. have our own thing." Really? Yes. Wow. It's so it's so shocking to now watch wow. the '80s becoming. It's like, oh, we really, we well, really did have about our that. own. That's, what do you mean by that? That's yeah, so interesting. yeah. Please expand on that. Well, because I think it was like '40s and '50s that we were really into in the '80s. And that we were copying some of the the like capris and like you know all oh, different wow. clothing choices yeah. and things like that and even hairdos in certain ways, but we did put our own spin on it. But in the moment, it mm. didn't feel like it. Whoa, you know, that's and so, funny, so I was like, we... oh, this is so mm. silly. Like, can we have our own thing? <laughs> that's that's actually feel. that's actually really funny. Yeah, so you'll look back and see the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> that's actually really funny you say that too, because if you think about it from a music perspective, like. I think of the eighties as having a very iconic sound kind of across the board musically. But if you think about it, that's when some really high end technology started getting introduced and the songs that we were getting were literally sampling right right, songs, rhythms, melodies from forties and fifties. Oh yeah. yeah. We're like, wow, nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Where's like tons of hip hop artists in like the 2010s were sampling eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So crazy. What is it about, uh, this is just a throwaway question, but I can't, I've thought about this for years. Why is it that like the 50s, maybe the 40s to some degree, why is it that like the 50s and the 80s in particular stand out for us more than like the 70s? But like, like why, why, like the eight, like 70s didn't age well, like, like the eight, the (laughs) eighties, like, like to, to borrow this term, right? The eighties is an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And the fifties is an aesthetic. Like you could make a fifties theme park. You could make an eighties theme park. 
but nobody's making like a 1972 theme park or or like I just think it's funny that like that and I, I sometimes wonder too if like is it something about it's generational because a decade is too short maybe so like there's the generation of the 50s then the generation yeah. of the 80s because that that you have to be a teenager in that decade for it to feel like I don't know there's right. something to that I'm so interested in I, that I, I like, think there's like, a transition period there too right so I think you could probably think of the 70s as a transition into Between. the eighties. Right. Right. Which and then the culture transition. kind of crystallizes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then you have a new transition oh, yeah. period into a new, because when you think about it too, and this is not what we're supposed to be talking about on this podcast, <laughs> but the fact that like, but the fact that like when people say like, that's so nineties, right. I've noticed that as someone who like, likes 90s stuff myself, mm. there's a huge difference between 1992 and 1998. Culturally, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 1998 yeah. is really more like Y2K, 2000Z. Yeah. And 1992 is really more like the Windbreakers and the synth pop. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, really Neon. big. Yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Like when did... The, you know why the teens will never when be... When did the pants get b- the baggiest? Was it like <laughs> Jinko 2002 or yeah, what? the peak baggiest. But the, baggies, the bagginess is coming back now. Yes. Thank goodness. And I don't know. I mean, Dustin was wearing some pretty baggy pants. That's true. It's true. But he was wearing the pleated baggy was. pants he we really used to was. wear. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh-huh. I also saw another article that said that Stranger Things is like almost solely responsible for um, the change. coming back of the mom jeans. Oh, like how man. like girls wear the really high waisted uh, light wash jeans yeah. because of Stranger Things and the baggier ones. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's but getting baggy again. I, yeah. I was told to get rid I of. I don't have and to now do... they came back. Yeah, right. yeah. See? No, oh, you know my what? Dad, my dad gave me a pair of jeans in like I don't know. I was like a junior in high school, and they were like these like nasty like light wash yeah. Wrangler square yeah, jeans, yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. these are the worst. And now people are buying them on dude. I can't for like don't get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so uncool that I'll start wearing them in like seven years when, right. it's, yeah, yeah. when it's kind of fading away already. Uh, but there's, I just can't even. I'm so slow with that stuff. I anyway, that well, I have. An amazing memory of Rich in college. And Rich, you might oh, not no. even remember this of our freshman year. <laughs> I really and Rich like coming back. Going. Rich coming back from the outlet center that was near Grove City. And he bought I mean, we're talking skinny jeans era, yeah, right? There. And <laughs> Dan was there for my entire era. <laughs> put on the skinniest pants I think I've ever seen. I vividly remember him coming out, looking at me, saying, Hey Dan. Do you think these pants are too skinny? <laughs> they were gray. They were gray. I remember. Are they too skinny? He like couldn't walk. The knees were not bending. <laughs> Did, you like the girl jean phase? Like board what? Did you do the girl jean face? Yeah, too? I mean they were called girlfriend cut. Oh yes. right. oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember my yeah. my yeah. stepson being like, I got these new jeans. I'm like, no. Yeah. Because no, yeah. I went through the that. transition. <laughs> oh man. Because yeah. I went through the transition where in high school I went through the emo skater phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, then, I can see and that. then the skating. emo skater phase transitioned in like 2010, 2011 yeah. into the like swoopy hair, yeah. really skinny jeans. <laughs> Scarf, like v neck, skinny oh, jeans. Yeah. 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 So that that was me yeah. for about three years. Yeah. yeah. And and in college, this one person I won't mention because they might even listen to this podcast. <laughs> this one person said to me, uh, uh, "We were doing some communications project about like int- like I don't know like character traits about people." Mm-hmm. And the person said, "Um, I really admire Rich. He's very courageous." And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. "Why?" And then and then she was like, wardrobe? "She was like, she was like because he wears the weirdest stuff <laughs> and he's forefront. cool with it. Like, That's totally, totally fine what with you want to be known." And for. I was like. 
Okay. That feels like a backhanded compliment. I think she really meant it. Anyway. All right. Before we even go any further, let me just say, listeners, from this point on in the episode, we will be shamelessly spoiling anything Stranger Things. Uh, We're going to discuss anything and everything from uh, season one through four. So Mm -hmm. if at this point you haven't finished season four or you haven't finished any of Stranger Things up to this point, um, I recommend you subscribe to Four Fun Three Sixty, and then come on back and visit this episode after you finish the show. Um, this is, yeah, I mean, if you're in the distant future listening to the the archives of Four Fun Three Sixty, we are not going to discuss season the five. Future, yeah, the dystopian four thousand two hundred eighty future. <laughs> you um, have found season, this is, season five has not released yet <laughs> at this time. Uh, so you've been warned. Uh, please uh, finish it up and come on back. We'd love to have you. Snape kills Dumbledore. Oh my oh, gosh! No. <laughs> Luckily, we have discussed Harry Potter at length on this podcast before. Oh, but, but um, oh my gosh, we'll edit yeah. that out. Yeah, <laughs> that was the great spoiler of our time. Oh man, Dan is yeah. a chaotic man. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about season four. Mm-hmm. So, like we kind of sprinkled on already, uh, and you know, anyone in the in the orbit of Stranger Things probably heard shortly after the release of Volume One that season four was a little bit more horrific than the prior Mm -hmm. uh, seasons. Cody, you said that you didn't feel that way. So uh, first of all, the the caveat here is that I, you know, my parents did so many things well raising me, um, but, you know, monitoring what I watched may not be one of them. I was watching like The Crow and Blade when I was like (laughs) five years old. So uh, I maybe am less sensitive to certain content, like anything that's violent or dark. Um, so yeah, as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, six stranger things. Let's go. Uh, and then I heard from multiple people like, man, this season's extra dark and demonic feeling. Um, and I was a little surprised to hear that, but I think it's, it's probably true. If everyone's saying it, I don't really trust myself <laughs> to gauge that. So, well, I mean, not only, I'd love to hear from you guys as well on this, but not, not, all, I mean, yes, I feel the imagery was a lot more, and when I say horrific, I mean, like, drawn from the horror genre. Like, that's definitely yeah. a thing that happened in this season. However, um, the thing that kind of did it for me beyond the the visuals was the fact that in every season up to this point, the enemy, whatever we want to call it, right, like the Demogorgon and then the Demodogs and the uh, Mind Flayer and all this mm-hmm. stuff, didn't really come across as an intelligent or malicious thing. Yeah. It was more just like a, a mindless kind of. monster that was trying to like survive and like eat things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the introduction of Vecna, Vecna slash Henry slash one mm-hmm. uh, is let's nice. call him Vecna. Yeah, That's yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, Vecna is an intelligent, evil entity, which brought mm-hmm. a completely different feeling to the peril in the season to me see that's why it's act- that's why it actually toned it down for me interesting oh. <clears throat> so one of the things that i liked about like the demi gorgon the demi dog there's lots of demi things yeah uh the mind flare is that demi they were more. all <laughs> that was a twist that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the villain that was, season i know we're known writers in this but demi more showing up <laughs> Didn't see that. The GI Jane eleven, be like the what a, Demi Moore, an eleven haircut. What a brave choice. Um, so those were all in my minds these kind of evil mystical monsters, mm-hmm. right? Sure, the stuff of nightmares. And then we get to this season, and we know Vecna's there, but 
by his appearance, he looks more human than anything else. Right, so more killable. Two arms, two legs. It makes him more humane, more killable, more like us. Right? Was and then at we one find point out, a human? Right, and then as the show oh, continues, we know. find out. Oh, he was a human. Sure, he had superpowers. Who didn't in the eighties? Right? Right, right, and like he just had <laughs> an unfortunate run in with another you know super powered girl. And for me, that toned everything way back because then I was like, oh, it's just a person. You know, okay. it's not some that's scary monster for my I, nightmares. Yeah, that's very... I did not okay. feel that way, but I really like that I didn't take. experience it that way, but I respect... Like, I can see where you're coming from. Like, there. I'm more scared of Vecna than any other... Oh, yeah, me too. Really? So far. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Mm. But, yeah, Heather, what are you... Well, I'm always, like, I don't do well with, like, psychological thrillers mm. and things like that, so it makes sense for me that he would actually... Like, a monster, that's not real. Mm. But somebody turning evil is... In a sense, it is more realistic, mm-hmm. and so sure, it bothers sure, sure. me more. Um, and then see, and then the graphics. I think oof, the it people was a little dying. much for the way me. he kills like, people. Yeah, the way he kills people, and even those opening scenes, and they even give you a warning, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, at how disturbing they could potentially be, and I think and they were to see children like that timing. is mm-mm, yeah, mm-mm, for me not good. That's true. <laughs> I'm glad they put up that disclaimer me though. Too. Just considering. Yes. I'll say this about like how I perceive this the intelligent creature right versus just the giant scary spider made of dark matter um, that we've seen in the past. Um, by the way, who's back? By like, the way, by, like Samwise Gamgee died in season two. Was it season two? You mean Bob? Yeah, sorry, I'm forgetting <laughs> yeah, your name. That, Rudy. that was season two. Rudy, yes. I'm forgetting yeah. your name. Rudy, Sam, Rudy. Bob. Drew Barrymore's yeah. brother from Fifty First Dates. I'm yeah, so sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, so his name was Bob. Okay, so that's pretty brutal. I mean, remember how the demi yeah, was just, a rough like, scene. Yeah, yeah. his intestines out. Like, yeah. so this has yeah. not been a and the you know, and the fact that Joy, Joyce like constantly flashes back to that. I'm yeah, like, do like, we really need to see yeah, this? Again? Yeah. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is I don't know how far right. off that is from what we're seeing now. Like, I do it. the The bone breaking thing is freaky. But here's For me, my it's point. The eyes. Yeah, the eyes are pretty creepy too. But my point is. And again, maybe Rich, we're here or almost to this question, but this idea that like, you know, is this for as Christians, this is like a, you know, Christian podcast. We love Jesus here. Faith and uh, art, baby. Yeah. So <laughs> it, should we be watching this? We've, we've had this conversation before we did that Tarantino episode. Um, and for me, this just enriched the fact that the enemy is intelligent now and preys on like people's past trauma. It, it mm-hmm. made it so much more, uh, it, it made it so much easier to connect to my, you know, the spiritual realm, the real world that we walk in. Like demons mm. do exist and they are intelligent beings. And uh, that is, you know, maybe that, maybe that fact makes you want to watch this even less. Uh, but for me, it's like, oh, the Christian parallels here will be even more clear and it's still good versus evil. And so I'm even more bought in than I ever was because they made this development yeah. with the villain. Well, so, and she has to, and to, um, escape his clutches you have to think about the light mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. what is yeah. what is good in your life and mm-hmm. like so that's yeah. like I thought a really strong yeah, yeah. I have so yeah. many thoughts about that very yeah. much a Harry yeah. Potter ripoff but whatever oh I'm, wow. just I'm just kidding good versus <laughs> evil no no I mean you know how Harry like gets out of situations by thinking about like how much he loves his friends yeah that's the, the Patronus charm did. yeah but yeah. see isn't that it's it's like I, I feel like well because it's um an original it's a universal theme. truth. It, yeah, 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 it is mm-hmm. because if, if we believe God created us, he created us with that knowledge in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a theme that it's constantly comes back to with exactly. in, in fantasy and right. in sci-fi and things like that, that the, the, the light 
overcomes the darkness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Luke, so, Luke Skywalker asking Yoda, "Is the is the dark side stronger?" Yeah, he says no, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, Harry Potter with the Patronus. Yeah, I, I, I will get yeah. into that later. Thoughts? I, I just so let's let's be clear about this for a listener that might be well at this point. If you haven't watched it, you were supposed to stop before. Right. But if you're right. still <laughs> hanging on, um, the uh, if someone is like, I don't know this. I heard the imagery is pretty rough and demonic. I'm a Christian. I don't know if I should fill my mind with these things. What do you guys think, like, sound off each person? Like, do you think that the story and the themes are worth the imagery? I Oh, man, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, probably. I really didn't feel like I was watching a lot of demonic imagery okay. in this show. Um, and the reason for that is I never equated the upside down to hell. And I never equated important point. Vecna to like Satan. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm seeing people consistently go to the upside down and have the coolest metal concert in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And you can die R. there. R. Eddie. Right. RIP Eddie. Yeah. yeah. You can die there. It's not like you're dead and then you go to yeah. the upside down. Right? right. It just, they all seemed like very separate things. Right. To me, this really spoke a lot to, um, like, mental health, which I know is kind of a weird um, place to go with this answer. But like like you were saying, Cody, you know, the idea that he was preying on the... The traumatized. The Mm. trauma thoughts that we all have, that was the scary part for me. The past unresolved trauma. past unresolved trauma um, and, and how you deal with that. But the entire time I was watching it, you know, was it horror? Absolutely. Yeah. Was it scary? Sure. You know, was it creepy? Yeah, absolutely. But I never really watched it being like, I'm nervous about demonic imagery. Mm. And if anything, I actually thought that this show was trying to speak to, I think the Christian fragility um and fear around those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really want yes. to talk about. You that. had an entire town immediately during a five minute like town hall yep. decide we're going to go after a bunch of kids because they're playing Dungeons and Dragons in right. the name of the Lord. In the name right. of the Lord, and I'm sitting here like that seems relevant, right? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, isn't that what and we're it, doing all over yeah. the place yeah. right now? <laughs> well, okay. I really want to talk about that. So, can we please talk about that? But really quickly, yeah. do you? I just want to give everybody a chance, Heather and Cody. Do you agree with Dan and I that it is like if anyone's on the fence, like they should yeah. give it a give it a go? So, my two cents on this, and I said this for the Tarantino pod too. Uh, I think there are, is some content that uh, Christians should just never watch. And again, I, if I don't know you, I'm not going to kick down your door and say, turn that off, right? Uh, it's not my style. I don't think it's what Jesus is calling me to do. But uh, there's some stuff that Christians probably should just never watch. Then there are other things in this this pool, this branch is way bigger, of things that like you should watch carefully or cautiously or you should consider not watching. It's a matter of conscience. I think, uh, you know, if you know, five years ago, maybe I would have been really sensitive to this and, uh, maybe it would have been wise for me to like, Hey, I'm just not going to watch that in this season of my life. Like I'm really shaking. This is going on. That's going on. I have questions about this or that. Um, I'm not going to watch this, but 
uh, for me, um, I feel, you know, the Holy Spirit is like, there's some peace about like consuming this and I'm, I can handle it. So, but Mm. some people can't and that's okay. And it's not that you're a lesser Christian or a a weak or foolish or whatever. And I mean, like talking about, and I don't mean this as a joke. I mean, it's like seriously talking about like unresolved trauma and like, Mm. and and the kind of the, uh, the unspoken elephant in the room of every Christian discussion in 2022, I feel is like, the accusation that the church is constantly under of causing trauma. Right. Uh, you know, and right. so the the reason why I bring this up though is because I consider myself to be particularly sensitive to demonic content. And I am not blind to the fact that I think that the reason why that is, is because I sort of came up in a Christian environment in the late nineties, early two thousands where there was a very strong satanic panic. Like my, mm. like I, I came up as a Christian. Like I was told, no offense if the person that said this to me is listening, love you. But I was told when I was a kid that I shouldn't watch Lord of the Rings because mm. the, the devil could get to me through the demonic imagery in Lord of the Rings. And yeah. like, like the, I was told that I would be putting myself at risk of possession by reading Harry Potter. No. So, so like I like, you know, and I had a lovely childhood, but I, maybe my sensitivity to what I perceive as demonic content comes from my own unresolved Mm. upbringing. Mm. Um, Yeah. I just think everybody has different triggers. And mm. so if you're triggered by graphic, imagery and things like that. And I think I didn't really think of it as demonic, but um, I mean, all the D and D references, obviously that like, I think they were making that clear, but yeah, I just think everybody's different and you have to be, you have to know. I almost didn't get past the first episode Mm -hmm. because I am sensitive to like visual imagery like that and Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, It's, um, but I can usually do it if it's fantasy or sci-fi, sure, right. but I can't watch horror or anything anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, I think I, maybe I overdid it as a teen on yeah. the Freddy Krueger movies right, yeah. and Friday yeah. the 13th. And they made one like every other oh. week, I feel I like. I think yeah. did, you know. Friday and, the 25th. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't want that in my head anymore. Yeah, man. So, yeah. yeah good cool. point. Yeah. So let's let's go back to what Dan said, and, and I'm going to... You must do what you feel is right, of course. And I, I do think this is right. I think that we should go back to that discussion. <laughs> Let's ask a, a broader question hovering around uh, what Dan already brought up and, and see what you guys think. One of the things that we love talking about on this show is where we can find universal Christian truths in the properties that we love, in the art that we love. Okay. So where? let's talk about where... Christ or the Christian or, or the truths that we know to be true in the world appeared in this show. So biblical themes in the show. Yeah, biblical themes um, or just like something that you know to be enduringly true. And and I'd like to, you know, maybe not right away, but I'd love to touch on that. It's not a coincidence that the Duffer Brothers wrote in the Christian fear in this season. Yeah. So. Right. I, I can kick off with a couple thoughts I have here. So in the final episode, this is, I think, episode nine, Piggyback, which what a great name for uh, that episode, Piggyback. Um, what did she say <laughs> to Max? Star Wars episode nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. When Eleven finds Max, she goes like, I piggybacked from the from a 
pizza dough freezer. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 And Max is like, what? So just that. amazing. That great. That's where yeah. you get like the, this is some dark stuff, but then yeah. you remember these are kids and it's cute and like. The humor. The, yeah, the, that's crazy. But uh, at the end of that episode, you have, uh, maybe it's hanging off the side of a church or something, but Eleven is driving by and she looks at this sign and yes. they wrote on it. It's Romans twelve twenty one. Uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil mm. with good. Um, and again, it didn't say Romans uh, twelve twenty one. That would have been a little too overt of a Christian reference <laughs> for such a popular show to make. But I looked it up, and uh, I didn't know it off the top of my head, but I did look it up. Uh, it's but good that, thing we got a scholar with us. <laughs> that is the <laughs> with Google. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. To me, that is the uh, most beautiful theme that they developed. Uh, this season, and we've touched on it already, but this idea that, you know, when when one or Vecna is trying to train Eleven as a little girl when they're in that, like, school hospital asylum thing, he's, like, tap into a really painful memory mm. that makes you really sad or angry, and that's how you get powerful. And she does that at first, um, and then she becomes superior to him in strength when she actually does the opposite, yeah. and she taps into, like, a positive memory of her mom. Right. And of her friends and this idea that like love is more powerful than uh, hatred and evil is just so beautifully done. And like it's demonstrated again with Max. How, how does she escape Vecna and buy time that second time when she's she's in the upside down with him? She uh, she hides in like two great memories. She does like the mm-hmm. double hide. Right. She's at that skate park. But then she also goes back to the dance. Um, I just like that idea that we fight evil not with more evil but with good and love is timeless. And sure, they ripped that off from a hundred other stories, but all those stories ripped it off from Reality. you know the great story. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, I saw that as they put it up there because that's one of the things that um, oh, the basketball player. I don't, I don't, I won't remember anybody's name. Oh, that name. punk, the punk, yeah. yes. the lead, Jason, he I think. He quotes Jason. that yeah. verse during the town meeting. Does he? And so to me, it was like. Oh, this is so illustrative of our fear, and then the enemy can twist those verses, yep. and mm. and I mean, oh, look, yeah. it's happening yeah. all wow. over the place right wow. now. We twist the verses, and now what does good mean to you? Oh. And what does good mean to me? Wow. So that guy thought going after them was good. Yeah, just you know, and, yeah, yeah, right, and he felt justified. Yeah. And we do that. I think we can misuse you know, these beautiful verses that mean the total opposite. Oh, yeah. And we misuse them to carry out our own agenda yep. that is based yeah. on fear. And sure. we're do- and then we're actually doing the opposite to what yeah, Jason, Jason is, wants us to yeah. do. I mean, yeah. Jason's not a good character, right? No, so, right. And he goes, right. I mean, he goes full on right. crazy. Here's, here's, the, here's the difference for me. So piggybacking off of that. <laughs> nice, nice, Dan. Uh, That's like why we I, brought Dan like out. Real nice. <laughs> Um, thank you. <laughs> um, it's really a long applause. Oh yeah, it keeps yeah, going. For that. That. It's a uh, two Mississippi's that too lingers. long. Yeah. So the, the difference for me, when you look at a character, is his name Jason? I think it's yeah, Jason. Yeah, it's, it's Jason. Jason. Yeah. So he's throwing out Bible verses, right? He's at this town hall. He's waving a Bible around. He said, we have to go out and get these kids in the name of the Lord. It's really out of fear mm-hmm. and selfishness. Yes. But the sure. thing that sticks oh, out to me percent. about this show, while I struggle to find a quote unquote Jesus character 
in this show. You know, you could watch Star Wars and be like, oh, Luke is the Jesus character, right? They're all Jesus characters. Or Anakin. It's, it's <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to go with Anakin. Or yeah, I see if, what you're, if saying. you're Cody. No, that's a long <laughs> I'm a story. That's a Anakin. totally that's a different story. podcast. <laughs> so um, for me, the thing that has always stuck out in this show is the characters who represent selflessness. Yeah. You've got yes, Bob, absolutely. right, who sacrifices himself so the party can get away. And Hopper. then in, in this Hopper, they right? All. Eddie, right? Yeah, they Eddie. all they all get to this moment of like I have the power to help other people survive, right? And it comes at the cost of their own life, mm-hmm. which I think we all know, right? It's kind of the best thing that's ever been done for us right. in, in yeah. the real world. And I think that's really the big difference between your Eddie character. And I think it's so ironic that you have the town villainizing the character who was actually showing the mm-hmm. true Christian attributes. Yeah. And right? nobody knew. And he died and nobody knew, you and know, nobody like, knew. uh, what, what's his name? Our, our buddy, uh, Dustin. Uh, Dustin, yeah, Dustin yeah. like tries to tell his uncle, yeah. Eddie's uncle. He's like, "Hey, oh, just man, everyone thinks that you know your yeah, son a is a sequence. oh, that was yeah, yeah. Just, so, just so you know, I know who he was, and yeah. you're right, he is a hero." And the right. guy's crying, and yeah. it's like, how beautiful is that moment? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a good point, Dan. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah. like over and over again, all of those kids are like, they constantly sacrifice themselves, mm. and and. Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful theme and like yeah. um one of those I think it is a Christian theme in that they're always they always know that they're better together yeah. and they're always willing to do whatever it takes for the others. Right. Mm. Or for the greater yeah. good in general. Right. Like they're just ready to lay it all down and like right. that's and so on, beautiful. And on top of that, they're very much imperfect. Every yeah. character oh, yeah. yes. has significant flaws. Yeah. Which I think is a testament to how good the writing is here. Yeah. But Every character has significant flaws, but they would all die for the for the rest of them at any point. Yeah. And I think that kind of my I can summarize my entire thoughts I think in this one line, which is the fact that I think Stranger Things reminds me of a great reality, which is the fact that God is good and all things that are good in the world are of God, you know? Mm. And agreed. I feel like as Christians we often get ourselves, which is what Jason does in the mm-hmm. story. I feel like we often back ourselves into this corner where we think that if something is not explicitly consecrated to Christ, mm-hmm. it can't be good. Right. Mm. Right. If yeah. it's not yeah, yeah, labeled yeah. Christian, it's not Christian. Or your, or your brand, right. your narrow yeah. upbringing brand of Christianity. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I think that Stranger Things... I don't know if the Duffer brothers are Christian. I yeah. tend, I feel like if they were, I would have heard about it by now. So, I mean, I don't know. But I'm yeah. just saying that the Duffer brothers or whoever created Stranger Things did not create it to be an explicitly Christian show. It is my understanding. Right. Yeah. However, that doesn't make it less Christian. Oh, man. And I think that we, I think that my summary of where the faith, or my response to like where, did, where does faith and, and Stranger Things intersect Mm-hmm. I think that Stranger Things is an off, an awesome example of the fact that we as human beings made in God's image know that we are deeply edified by 
sacrifice and love and companionship and all these things. And whether or not those things are explicitly in Christianese or not, they're still Christian because yeah. all of those things, love, sacrifice, peace, they belong to God. friendship, yeah. those are, not only do they belong to God, they are his, mm-hmm. they come directly flow from his heart. Yeah. You know, and, and even I think as Romans two says that like the law of God is written on our hearts, whether you're a Christian or not, so yeah. that no one has an excuse, right? So we all have this innate sense of morality. So whether they're Christian or not, it doesn't matter because we know that the reason they created heroes the way they did to overcome right. evil, and they're like, I'm going to position this character to be the one that the that the audience is rooting for. Like every story does that, right? And it's because like we just want to we want to praise a hero. Right. So yeah, it's it's all. I think the, I think you f- you phrased that absolutely beautifully, Rich. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, because I felt that I remember being so conflicted when we were in college. College for me was a really we interesting. Grove City, by the way. It's <laughs> true. Grove City. Yeah, yeah. Little name drop. Um, Grove City for me was such a weird time for my faith because it was the first time in my life where I was not living in my Christian household, going to the same church I had been going to my whole life. Mm -hmm. And the first time I was around like-minded people, but I heard so many people saying, I can't enjoy something unless it has that Christian label. Mm -hmm. And I specifically remember something with 21 pilots where (laughs) I remember somebody saying, Oh my gosh, I just read an interview where Tyler, who's the singer said that he used to listen to Reliant K growing up. Mm-hmm. That means 21 Pilots is a Christian band. That means I can listen to them, and I'm so excited because I've always yes. felt bad about listening to their music, and I was mind-blown by yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's just uh, probably... A, but that that person, who knows where they're at now, right? I you, Oh, yeah. Oh, People yeah. grow and... Yeah. When I first got saved, I had to get all... I had to lose all of that. So mm. I, I was mm-hmm. one of these, like, narrow parents, and I'm sure I... I'm sorry daughter I did a lot of damage <laughs> to you because I had to like just keep my mind on certain things and I had to throw out my I'm sorry my Nirvana and my uh-huh. Alice in Chains mm. and my mm. <laughs> well, because can... it was stumbling to me yeah. at that point in my at life point, now I could sure. I'm now fine you, now but... you can repurchase sure. them so yes, man we'll get them for your birthday thank you yeah. it goes back to what Cody was saying <laughs> earlier right where you know, you referenced had this season of Stranger Things come out right. a couple of years ago right. when you were in not great spot, it probably would not have been good for you. I would have received it differently, right? right? right. Me too. Right. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been able to watch it years ago. Now I can. Now I feel like I can. So I. Th- I think it's. You know, it's one of those things where, like we said, you know, it just depends on where you're at. Right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And not to. And not to get into like relativism and all that there are certain things that like you should just never murder anyone no matter what season of life you're in <laughs> hope that goes that without was, saying that but, was right for them I, at that yeah, season i just That's felt right. like doing that in college i felt but, free yeah i felt free to do but, that yeah, at that moment that. can i yeah. can i say one last thing on this before we move on yeah, please okay so uh the vecna praise on past trauma we talked about this um but to me this is not that really resonated deeply with me as someone who just in recent years is like revisited childhood trauma and like got counseling for that and realized not only like the mental health component of that, but the way that spiritual forces have accused me like very like uh, subtly over the years about like, Hey, this thing 
happened to you or you did this thing as a kid and you're dirty for it and that like the the prison that that is yeah. um re- that just really resonated with me. I thought it was a really smart real apply it to real life kind of way to go with the show direction to go with the show and so I really appreciate the fact like especially Max is not a character that I felt yeah. super connected to before the oh. season yeah. but yeah. uh Dude, the way she's just like, I gotta face this trauma. I've gotta come to terms with this, these really hateful feelings I had toward my brother, like all that stuff. I gotta revisit that if I'm gonna feel experience healing. And once I experience healing, I'm not as vulnerable to Vecna because when we don't have the healing, we're vulnerable to be preyed on by those evil forces, which is, in my opinion, literally true at for Christians. Right. So not, to ma- not to mention Eleven's whole like arc from season one all the way through to now mm-hmm. has been her trying to figure out whether or not she is a monster. A monster, yeah. yeah. So Beautiful. Like, yeah. Come on, Calvinists out there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um but the So uh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh just super quick connection. I was uh this is much more surface level, but in the scene when Eleven um casts one into the upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, being both a, a Christian and a nerd of classic literature, I couldn't help but think about uh, the connection of kind of like a paradise lost, like Satan and ain't Lu- Lucifer cast yes. being cast Ooh. out to earth. Yeah. And I found oh, that, that's cool. And I, so I, f- like, whether this is purposeful or not, it, like, that scene really like got my imagination moving where he's first thrown into the upside down where Vecna's right. well, well that and then also the scene we got in the second half of like seeing him wander through the upside yeah, down yeah. Oh, and yeah. it, it oh, got paradise lost he for well, sure well it got it got me really thinking yeah. about the fact that like if like if we believe in you know that uh the the histories we get in the bible are are literally true right like like satan lucifer was cast out of the presence of god to become the ruler of this world. Mm-hmm. And he, while this world was made in God's design, like Satan has corrupted this world to being just a shadow of what it was in the garden. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm. And so I think mm. it's so interesting that when we see uh, one slash Henry cast into the upside down, it's a formless void yeah. of lightning yeah. and rock. Right. Mm-hmm. But he likes it. But. Yeah. Well, he does, but by the time our characters get there, it's a copy of Hawkins. Mm. Mm. So it's it's like right. interesting to me to just imagine like like Satan is he can't create anything. He can only copy imperfectly. And pervert. And pervert. Yeah. He can pervert yeah. things that God has made good. Wow. Yeah. And so it just got, and even though we had already established that Vecna is not Satan and the upside down is not hell, it, uh, I just no, like, there's, there's parallels. There's parallels. Oh, yeah. parallels but I'm just saying that like, but I think it's yeah. an, the reason why I say that is because I think it's a, it's an important classification to make uh, mm-hmm. that they're, they're not supposed to be the same. Uh, but I just, I just really like, kind of, again, just the universal theme of someone who is once kind of a prince like one is papa's first yeah you know child right he's right. and he is cast from a the right hand of the papa uh into the upside down and mm-hmm. i just find that really interesting and it it made me actually care a lot more about that character 
And like, I'm very curious to see, like, is it, I doubt it. Is it possible that one is going to be redeemed in season five? Hmm. They, I doubt it, but it'd be eleven was cool. Eleven was talking to him like she right. was trying, which yeah. I thought was whoa. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be interesting. Well, yeah. it's interesting that she even tried. Yeah, because yeah. again, it shows the the her appeal. the heart of those yeah. characters. Yeah, that she was even going to go after him Heather's after so he's sweet. destroyed all these. Yeah. You know, it's like wow. Yeah. She yeah, and, those and kids you, are amazing. Something yeah. you said earlier, Heather, too, that I was thinking about. You just reminded me when you said heart. Um, you were talking about how all of these characters like have heart. I loved Will's speech to Mike oh, yeah. in the van. Oh, in the well. van. Because I well. I really <laughs> again, another unpopular opinion. They have to like kill somebody off every every season, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I've been very like, let's get rid of Mike. I think he's pointless. I don't understand. His he was character very anymore. important in the first season. He seemed so important. Now he's not important anymore. Yeah. yeah. But Will's speech to him, yeah, it was, where he was just like, "You need to understand, you're the heart of this group." Yeah, yeah. To me, that really resonated with the um, how we are called as Christians to consistently support each other, mm-hmm. right, and hold each other up when we are succumbing to our own self doubts yes. or our own fears, or we're fearing our are trapped by our own you know, right. whatever negative thoughts that we have going on. Yeah. I thought it was just beautifully That's well beautiful. done. I thought about like first Corinthians 12. I, I think it is um, where like, we're all essential to the body. Yes. Right. I was going to say that. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't have the scripture reference. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And where, you know, yeah. so each one of those kids was, is essential to the mission. And yeah. like, they all see each other as essential they're like such a lesson for our day yeah. right now. Yeah. Like yeah. If we could all just think that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the adults even in the Soviet Union are playing a part like from afar. They're yeah. also contributing like every, yeah. everyone has a little something to offer. Like mm-hmm. whether you're an eight year old kid or, you know, a 40 year old. And something yeah. that is cool uh, and also true about God's plan is the fact that like all these people that are acting in different places have no idea what the other people are doing. Yeah. But all of their actions are orchestrated perfectly yep. so that they can beat. And they're just taking the, at the right perfect time. Yeah. yeah. And, but they're just taking blind steps and faith and love for the others. They're like, yeah. Hey, maybe yeah. we can help the kids over here. If we yeah. light this demon thing on yeah. fire, yeah. like let's go for it. <laughs> and I'm going to slice this thing's head off. With the, <laughs> the sword from Conan, the barbarian, oh the literal, it was say, actually the sword. I was like, say he, Hopper uh, pulls the sword from the stone there for some reason. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And he's Great wearing though. this, he's wearing this like terrible windbreaker. It looks yeah. like a, a Buffalo Bills generic. Dude, I loved like, everything like, about that. Yes, the, the moment Amazing. when he like got up to fight the thing and then they started oh, playing the, the like gosh. retro, like outrun theme. Yeah. Like, well, like, they, didn't they get running up that hill, but they did it like a remix version yeah, of running up that hill. They're throwing the Molotov yeah, cocktails. So yeah. Yeah, that was such a good cut. It was almost as good. Are we going to go this whole time without talking about like Master Puppets? You can't. Oh, I was just. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for the right moment. Well, it is now. Rich, are we allowed to just hit it real quick? Yeah. I mean, I want a poster of Eddie Munson on top yes. of his trailer. Oh my gosh, with the red awesome. lightning in the back, and he's just headbanging to talk about repurposing something for for good. Like you have yeah. Eddie Munson, who's about to sacrifice himself. He is really like a Christ figure in this moment, yeah. right? He's the good guy. He's the hero. That's the whole point. Is he's yeah. a hero, and. 
uh, he's playing like Metallica Master of <laughs> yeah. Puppets, which you know, how could we? How could we even? <laughs> Netflix. Netflix has posted today on their Instagram account a billboard that just says Eddie freaking money. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like, obey your master, right? If yeah, you listen yeah. to that in the yeah. wrong way, that's a really dark song. Okay, yeah. Sure. Right? But it, they repurposed it, and the good guy is playing obey your master, and yeah. he's he's singing to, like, the demonic bats. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, how amazing. And just so visually, metal. dude, oh he's on the gosh. trailer, and Dustin is, like, headbanging perfectly yeah. to it. Oh my goodness. Well, and and there's another flip, right? Or and it it's it's um so in the eighties there was like, oh Metallica, you're a Satanist. Sure. If you're listening oh, to Metallica yeah. and if you're yeah. doing Dungeons and Dragons, oh yeah, oh that's it. There Witchcraft. was a true yeah, mania yeah. about it. Yeah. And Blue Oyster Cult, was like if you play things. it backwards. Oh yeah, right, right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. It's got so, the word cult in it. well yeah it's like you didn't even need to play there's some of their songs backwards i mean it was but there was like this mania about it and so i think they touched on it so well and then actually like showed that these kids that were playing these games it was their sense of community Mm -hmm. and that was actually a beautiful thing and then they actually took the song and flipped that too to make it something that was actually redeeming and um (laughs) This is probably embarrassing. I shouldn't say it, but I dated a couple guys that looked like Eddie. Yes. So, and I remember. It's not embarrassing at all. Nice. Eddie, Eddie's awesome. Nice. Good for you, Heather. Yeah. Well, at the time, you know, when you go out and stuff, people would like, you know, turn like, their noses. Yes, up. yes. Yeah. So it's like these these kids who people thought of as demonic. I think it's a lesson for all of us. Like, yeah. don't. That's that's not a good place, especially as for Christians to like look at people and judge this. Especially because Jesus is all about redeeming yes. darkness. So he's like, "You meant it right. for evil, but I meant it for yeah. good." And yeah, yeah, now, yes. I don't know. I don't know what somebody who's more theological and philosophical than myself can help me fill in the blanks here. So, literally anybody else on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so one of the things I think is interesting, right, is. Could you imagine, hey, could you imagine if Eddie Munson got up on that trailer and instead of doing Metallica, did like DC Talk Jesus Freak, oh, right? No. Like it's, it's it would same. not, it would not have the same like gut punch. The thing that stood out to me is he did what everybody hated him for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. In order to distract so that his friends could yeah. survive and he yeah. gave his life doing it. Yeah. And then right. when we look at that with Jesus, the same thing hated he hated he died doing what people hated Mm -hmm. with the exception obviously of of his followers um and and i think that there's a a very interesting parallel there yeah Yeah, i love that dude i just love that yeah yeah i also think that there is a this is could be very much unpacked in another episode so i'm just going to say it you know just to add to it but we don't have to unpack it but i think that stranger things too does is a very I think Stranger Things is extremely honest. Mm-hmm. And what I mean mm. by that is I feel that there are many characters in Stranger Things that are full of graces and flaws. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are able to love, we as Christians are able to love these characters on screen that some of us might have a pretty difficult time loving in real life. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I think that we, 
I, I just think that, and it's not Stranger Things in particular. I just think that instances of great, honest character writing can and should help us to love the people in our actual midst. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so good. Yeah, because I feel like if you if you look at that Eddie Munson character, I get that it's 2022, and I think people are a lot more accepting of metalheads now than yeah. they probably were, you know, in in the 80s. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I yeah, that that was such a great comment, Rich. It, that really hit me because I'm thinking of that character in real life, mm-hmm. and the last thing I would expect is that that kind of character in my real life would be the self-sacrificial yeah. one. Right, yeah. right. which right. is convicting, right? It's well, easy to yeah. look back yeah. and say, oh, yeah, this guy can be good, of course. Right. So yeah, what, he's yeah, wearing yeah. a leather right. jacket. Yeah. But who is wearing the leather jacket today right. that we... Right. Well, also, exactly. remember in the opening scene where we're, like, introduced to him in the cafeteria? Yeah. He's a jerk. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, okay, last, and this is the last thing I feel like i got to say because I know we're running out of time. Uh Dude, I am all for the cute 80s nostalgia and the clash and like whatever else was coming out the first three seasons. But we finally got like what I was so longing for growing up, hearing like seeing pictures of my dad in high school and discovering like the music I liked was uh, like the hair metal and like the heavy metal music of the (laughs) 80s, which was not really present the first three seasons. So when they gave us that like kiss cut with, remember the roll (laughs) in the dice and the ball, like the basketball is going in and they're playing that kiss song. And then you get the metallic and I'm like, finally, they're showing this side of the 80s that like I actually wish like. Because the Hellfire Club. Dude, my dad has that jacket. And we dressed up like, uh, (laughs) Paul and Gene Simmons, like at the Bills game this year, probably. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, yep. that's awesome. and that's cool. The the uh, kind of diversity and the beauty of human expression too, because For like sure. like the like my my parents were uh, polo wearing yeah. you know, basketball game goers in the eighties. Yeah. You know, so a different uh, different culture totally. for sure. Totally. Yeah. Madonna. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. she was pretty controversial too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, upside down Rich, songs? Dress, Rich dressed up as Madonna for that Buffalo Bills. Yeah, game. I, was Rich, I <laughs> thought yeah. I saw yeah. you there. It was actually Lady Gaga, but close to Oh, all right. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. We, we're, we're running out of time. We we're having a great discussion. But let's, uh, you know what? I'm going to ask two questions. You can, you can answer one or the other. Okay. Who is your favorite character of all? Stranger Things season one through four at this point, or you you're under Vecna's curse right now. He's coming for you, Dan. <laughs> anyway, what uh, what um, the that clock so is bong. the clock's bong. So yeah, yeah. What's your, what's the song that's gonna hide. save you? Okay, I'm gonna anybody go. go. I, I have my answer right now. Okay, Eddie Munson is my favorite character. He, in the whole series. The whole series, dude. I don't care. And I'll tell you why. Because he represented, again, that thing I most identify with. Metallica. My, my dad was this, like, <laughs> leather jacket, heavy metal listening dude. And I feel like he was a social outcast, lived in a trailer. A lot of family parallels for me. Um, in a small town, everyone has a reputation. And he was, again, this, like, untouchable figure. And uh, I just... I totally identify. He was so lovable. That's beautiful. And I'm going to break the rules and answer the other question. Green Day, Boulevard, Broken Dreams. If, if you play Ooh. that one, if I'm in there, okay? So I wasn't allowed to listen to that because it had the F word when Ooh. I was a kid. Oh, yeah. That was slipped through the cracks. Yeah, it's not the edited me. radio version. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I know. That's the Christian version. Oh, right. the Christian one, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So favorite character it, for me is Dustin. All right. I Great love answer. Dustin. I just, I relate to like, you know, 
he's like the weird character and he's a little <laughs> bit of like a comic relief kind of guy too. And I relate to that so much, <laughs> but he also is so much heart yeah. and so oh, yeah. much passion. I absolutely love if they touch him, Oh, is Mike, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bad day. Is Mike the harder? Is it Dustin? Um, it's like, Dustin. let's be honest. Yeah, it's Dustin. Hey, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, my song, um, Chicago. Ooh. On the first album, Chicago Transit Authority, there's a song called Poem Fifty Eight. Okay. Which goes hard. All right. And it is just one of my favorite. Like, sit back. And jam, I get goosebumps every time. Okay. Wow, kind of songs. Hey, we're not sharing up. this for entertainment. This is real, okay? If this you, is we real. need this on record yeah. in case oh, yeah. we ever need. We're ever <laughs> in a pinch, here. a Vecnan pinch. <laughs> I have a hard time making up my mind about any of these things because I love them all so much. I, I eleven to thank me you. is like that's going to be my yeah. Thank you. I don't know. She's just so strong and yet so so complicated as a character. She's mm-hmm. so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's beautiful. She's and innocent. Then, yeah. yeah, and Dustin. How can you? I mean, you? Oh, he's the best. I just love that kid. I want to grab his little cheeks. Neither of them wear yeah. leather jackets, but okay. I'm sorry. I, I love Eddie too. We'll see. So. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what season five Dustin's yeah, like. You, you never, never know. know. Now that Eddie's like his new, oh, that'd be uh, sick yeah. if yeah. Dustin kind of got. So I, yeah. I, I really feel like this is beautiful. Kind of how this is going around the circle here, because I see connections. Uh, between these favorite characters and yeah. you guys. Oh, yeah. You see, yeah well, fine. which is... Which <laughs> yeah, is it's really? actually true. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Eddie, yeah, Eddie, Dustin. Yeah. This, yeah, makes, I mean, this like, checks out. Yeah. What's, what's <laughs> your song, Heather? Heather? Heather has, like, magic powers. Yeah. And all that. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. She has yes, not... Yes, I yeah. want some magic yeah, yeah, powers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my songs... Okay, see, I can't pick because I cannot pick favorite songs to save my life, but anything by Sarah Groves. You can pretty much play okay. the whole Add to the Beauty mm. album, and that yep. will be... Sarah Gross. I will be, yeah, good. Because okay. yep. I actually do listen a... to her when I'm stressed out. So oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make like a save a, save my friends from Vecna playlist. Yeah. And so if he comes, <laughs> I can be like, the hardest playlist of all time. Man, he would be so annoyed with Spotify because it'd be oh, so easy so for easy. us oh, to yeah. Right. Yeah. get away from with the AirPods in at all times, like the teenagers. There's just no way. Because did you mention that while we were were recording the whole thing where you you can see what your play your back no playlist right is? exactly yeah. Spotify's doing it for us right mm-hmm. he's yeah. got no chance now yeah. anyway um I like Steve I've I loved Steve's arc in season one he's got a great arc yeah like I absolutely loved it I yeah. was really bothered by Steve in the beginning of season one I like hated oh yeah him. oh yeah. yeah sucks yeah now you love him and then yeah. that then him. The, I still think the most powerful scene, I love the twist in season four, but I still think the most powerful scene for me in the entire series so far was when Steve left um, the buyer's cabin in season one when the Demogorgon is coming through the walls and like attacking Nancy and Jonathan. And oh. then Steve comes back with the yes. baseball bat yep. and just starts whacking yeah. on it like in signs. Yeah. Okay, yeah. to- total missed opportunity that he did not have that when he was going to attack Vecna. Yeah. He had this yeah. axe. Yeah. Dude, just find a way to yeah. shoehorn it's his, the... It's his iconic dude, weapon. get the, yeah. the nail, yeah, yeah. The nail yeah. baseball the nail bat. bat back. Yeah. Totally missed opportunity. <laughs> also, why couldn't we figure out how to let Eddie Munson be playing Master of Puppets and like have that be somehow the song that he needed to hear and he played it himself I oh, feel that'd like be cool. that would have been, mm. I feel, I wish, I like how they did it. Obviously it was awesome, yeah. but that would have been cool though. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for that, but 
Did you like the Ozzy reference that he made? Oh, I, Steve I caught that. Oh, yeah, when he bit yeah, the bat. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Love, that. Yeah, yeah. love yeah. that, too. Everybody used to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy Train's so my weird. number two song. Yeah. I, I love Steve. Yeah. I absolutely thought that Steve was going to die in the season. First of all, I thought I that, did Steve, too. I thought yeah. that yeah. Steve was going to die in the season yeah. before I even started watching it. I just yep. assumed that was going to happen. And, it, yeah. and then I absolutely thought, especially because Stranger Things has been known to kill people a little bit unexpectedly. Um, in the past, like to some degree, yeah. I definitely thought that that first scene when he went through the water gate and like appeared on the other yeah. side, I thought they were yeah. just going to kill him yeah, I mean, in yeah. that episode. He's too beloved, and, um, man. They know. Yeah, him. but I thought yeah. that was going to happen. Then, um, and the way that Eddie died, I thought that mm-hmm. that was going to be Steve. But anyway, um, yeah. I, that's exciting. I'm glad he's back for another season. I do think that he is kind of the, um, like they're making a joke now in this season where he is kind of like, he sees himself as the leader, but like it's really Nancy or, or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but I really I feel like he if Mike is the heart of the young kids, mm-hmm. Steve is definitely the heart of the older kids, I think. Mm. So I, yeah, I really I'd agree like with that. that. Um yeah. and, and I'm then, the same. I thought Steve was gonna die, and I thought I that thought was justified by the introduction of Eddie. Because yeah. then we saw Eddie being like a them. second father figure right. to Dustin. And I was right. like, oh, they're gearing up for... Well, as soon in the scene when Eddie was holding Dustin's like face and he was like, never change, oh, yeah. man. Oh, my I, well, gosh, now dude. that becomes important because he died, right? But I thought at, I thought they were giving us that scene so yeah. we would be okay with saying goodbye to Steve because oh, now we have man. Eddie. But gosh, but dude. anyway... Um, this podcast could be an hour. I yeah. have so much more to but say. I, I really like that. Um, the I'm also cool with um, if uh, I really liked Jonathan in the earlier seasons. Not super keen on him now, but yeah. I like Jonathan being the figure, the stable figure that Will needs. Mm-hmm. I I'm happy with Jonathan filling that role, and then Nancy and Steve getting together. I'd like that to happen. I don't know how I feel about this yet. Uh, yeah, I would like it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um. My song, not my favorite song, but the song that would get me out of there. Mm-hmm. And this, if I was writing, you know, the next season is going to be a couple years in the future. So this mm-hmm. could happen, right? Oh, okay. I want, uh, I'd, I would want it to be Phil Collins in the air tonight. Oh, and when the, per, when, uh, the when I'm, you're getting out. when me or the character, whoever yeah. is, is unable to break through. But then when the, uh, when the drum breakdown comes, the the portal just opens, and then like and then the slow mo. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the drum. That's, that's it. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that's, that's, that's it. That's what's gonna get you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, that's mine. Beautiful. I really thought you were gonna say Bob was your favorite character because we were kind of going with like, um resemblances yeah. right that we have in the character. you obviously have the physical yes. Yes. resemblance so yeah when, i don't know when, if anybody's ever told lo- you that before. when he lost his blonde hair after lord of the rings we yeah. did resemble each other less but yeah <laughs> um yeah in my grove city days with dana everyone called me samwise because i look just like oh, samwise game do they not do that anymore Is no, that not, no. Make it up. i have cut up. my Tragic. hair since Thank then you, cody yeah, I, I cut my hair since then, and I wear yeah. shoes now. So um, the resemblance right, is less. Were your feet hairy? So. Is that why? Uh, yeah. Not so much. <laughs> I, I don't really love wearing too. shoes. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Um, oh my gosh, I can't unsee it now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. The Lord designed me the way He wanted. Well, 
listeners, thanks so much for spending this time with us and talking about Stranger Things. Uh, please send your hot takes and your characters and your songs to us. You can DM us on Instagram. You can comment on this podcast. You can reach us through Twitter and Facebook. We'd love to talk to you. Um, if you got any really hot takes, we'll feature hot takes on Instagram stories. So send us your stuff. I'd love to, to you know, continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, until season five and the conclusion of this show, or until next time here on Forefront 360, keep pursuing authentic faith and consuming excellent art. <laughs>